When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. We went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud, and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilali. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! 1-1. All right, you're very welcome now to episode 60 of the Better Red Supporters Trust podcast, brought to you as always by the White Hag Brewing Company. Uh, we are recording on Tuesday evening, so you'll most likely be listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday. Thanks a million for listening. Uh, full house this evening, we got Magoo with us. Magoo, how are things? All good, Connor. Cheers. Uh, Jerry O'Connor's with us. Jerry, how are you? Yeah, top form, Connor. Back um, in the zone. We got uh, Sean Dunn. Sean, how are things? How could you only be good, Connor, after a win like that? Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, the 3-2 win against Drogheda in the showgrounds. Uh, we have a special guest in the form of Oshin Morn, whose new Sligo Rovers documentary will go live on Wednesday the 27th, which is the day that you're most likely listening to this. It's going to go live on the Sligo Rovers YouTube channel uh, from 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so we hear from Oshin and we hear uh, a little clip from the documentary. Uh, just very quickly, the documentary looks at the looks at, back at the the league win uh, in 2012 and talks to some uh, interesting characters uh, and some characters who were involved in uh, that campaign who we haven't heard a lot from since. You might say, um, Quigley is who I'm talking about there. Uh, uh, we got your shouts from the shed end. We got a lot of them in. Uh, we'll hear those and then we will take a look ahead to it's Friday night's game, right? Wasn't that moved from Friday to Saturday? Uh, Shamrock Rovers are in town and um, we will also, Jerry, uh, see who won the beer uh, after the drugs game. I don't know who did it, but um, I'll leave that in your capable hands to figure that out between now and then. So, uh, it was a it was a tough uh, it, well I don't know if it was a tough uh, win I'll hold my hands up and say I haven't watched the game yet uh, I have had a busy couple of days but I was uh, well I tell you what I was at, I was at Ed Sheeran in uh, in Crow Park so I was doing my best to follow the game while uh, <laughs> what are you shaking your head for Jerry <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so I was doing my best to follow the game and obviously all very excited after uh, three minutes Sean uh, did you think this was going to be an absolute uh, glory day it's gonna be another Galway United 9-0 I tell you what it wasn't far away from it was it the way it started um, couldn't have asked for a better start Connor. Uh, they were brilliant we were we were absolutely fantastic in the first half couldn't fault them at all really um, those two quick goals it was it was look it was seemed to be something we they'd maybe picked up from looking at previous draw the games or something like that because they went to exploit that space in between Massey and the left full yeah, and it worked a treat. Uh, Fitzgerald on the right, he didn't seem to hug the touchline. He kind of moved a wee bit more inside. I just tightened up that a wee bit, and just the way they linked up, then brilliantly. And then Collie's Collie's runs into the box, then were just they were brilliant, brilliantly timed runs, and a lovely little ball from Fitzgerald for the first one, especially that was a that was a beauty of a goal. 
So um, the, the Blaney obviously had his place in centre half. Gary Buckley was in there alongside him. Horgan and Kirk were the two fullbacks. But what was the setup in midfield, and how did that allow um, Cawley to have such an explosive start to the game? Well, you had Moran and Bul- Bulger back in the side there, so the two boys just took up that holding role, and they let Cawley go free in the in the number ten, and he was allowed to stay up. He didn't ha- he didn't have to track back that much at all. He was given that freedom and it worked a treat. It really did. And the two boys pulled us up again. Bulger was back to his best. I thought he was really good. Really good throughout the game. He kept us high all the time and he was constantly pulling lads up all the time. You could see him commanding throughout the game. I thought he was really impressive. I thought Moreham was brilliant throughout the game as well. The midfield was, was excellent. And once our midfield is excellent, everything else seems to tick as well. Uh, Magoo, would you uh, echo those sentiments? Were you happy with... Uh, the midfield that went out. Obviously, it was good to see uh, Blaney held his place after some um, some uh, you know strong performances. Uh, but I guess yeah, the midfield Magoo. Um, yeah, look, yeah, delighted to see Blaney keep his place after that. Like he deserved to keep his place. So, but um, yeah, I agree with Sean. I thought the midfield was excellent. I thought um, I was saying after the after the Hearts game that I think like number ten is probably Cawley's best position now. Like he probably doesn't have the legs anymore for a. Uh, the centre of the park, but he still has the intelligent football brain, like to, to play number ten, and plus he gives you that bit of bite in the number ten for the press, for starting the press. Like so, I think I thought he was he was excellent tonight. The there was a couple of great performances the other night, even though it was only a late winner. Like, um, I thought at times, especially first half, we played some really good football. Like I thought Keane's uh hold up and link up play was brilliant, but um. Like I know but Cawley would have got man of the match, but I thought Fitzgerald was excellent as well. And I thought Bulger would have ran the two of them close to man of the match. I thought he was brilliant as well. I thought um he did give away a bit of ball. Kinda he was going for that quick switch out to Mark the whole time and he, he kinda overhit a few passes, like but I thought general play him had failed he, his his bite into the tackle. He was so quick into the tackle and his he was his way to pass it into the feet of Keena and Fitzgerald and everything was excellent. I thought he really uh the call you up front and him the field set really set a tempo and we were asking like a few times down the pot to start quick to to be aggressive right from the start and I thought we were Saturday night and you know it, it paid off really quickly with the with the two early goals um, and then like the two the Titans the two goals we give away were you know were, I couldn't see the first one obviously I haven't seen it back like, but I've heard since that it was never a penalty you know, like Ed would probably be disappointed he let it go in the first place, but and in the second, we were beside, beside the second one, myself and Jerry. Like, you know, it was a clear handball to see it a mile off. Like, so I don't know what, but anyway, look, we we, we got the, the win and all's well that ends well, I suppose. So, Jerry, uh, like, do me a favor and fill me in. Was there a turning point in the game around uh, the, the, the half hour mark when uh, Pointy got the first goal for Drada? Yeah, well, it's just, I suppose, it said, uh, a seed of doubt um, throughout the team and 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 the crowd. Um, you know, it's, we were saying at the game like two 0 is always a, a dangerous scoreline. Um, of the two goals that draw the gosh were, I'm not even going to say they're fortunate. They were just poor, uh, poor officiating. To be honest with you, um, the penalty. You know, by all accounts, again, I haven't seen it back, but uh, Sydney, you know. And McGinty gets gets to the ball before the the centre forward. So, um, yeah, and then as, as McGill was saying there, just about the second goal, the like your man was a yard outside and he nearly caught the fucking ball. It was that much of a handball. 
Like, I don't, honest to God, how, I don't understand how the linesman cannot see that. You know, some of these guys are there. You might as well have one of those little uh, hairs that they have at the, the Greyhounds going up and down the line because they're about as effective at times. You know, it's just scandalous. Like, you know, it would have been an absolute travesty had we not won that game because we absolutely battered Drogheda from the off. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, that this. Look, the turning point then, the, the second turning point was the was was that goal. So, but look, um, I suppose the one thing is Connor that we asked as fans, and we said it a few times, is that like you know for the lads to show character, and I think they showed absolutely bucket loads of that the last night. They played great football. Um, look, they played good football. Maybe not great football. They played the better football. But for me, the most important thing was the the character. And just keep going to the end, and um, it was great to see Gary Buckley get his rewards, and and the fans to get the reward as well, because like the fans, in fairness, like right throughout the game, I think, look, the, the when the players put on, put in the effort and put in the tackles and all that gets that gets the crowd up, and the, the players done that, the show character, they got stuck in, they won their 50-50s, they won the second ball, you know, decisions went against us, the crowd stuck with the team once the team was shown. And it brought everybody together, and like you know, we're a machine when we're on and off the pitch. When we're when we're when we're at it together, like, and, and that's what got us the three points, and we deserved it. Uh, anybody want to do a pitch update? <laughs> <laughs> well, we we'll leave, we'll leave the pitch alone. There was a few bobbles throughout now. Yeah, it's, so look, just just there. It's better than the was, but it's, it's that nowhere near. But one massive thing that helped was the fire brigade. Yeah, yeah. water the pitch before, and you could see it. You could see, even see when the ball was was getting uh, knocked around the surf. You could see the spray coming up off the football. Yeah, definitely, sorry, and fair play to the lads. Yeah, honest to God, like you know that that's what makes a proper football club too. Like, like unless we call that out here tonight, probably nobody knows about it. Yeah. The boys are giving yeah. up their their free time to come out and do that. So that's community spirit at at the very uh, very heart of the club, you know. Yeah. Um, look, we'll get our shouts from the shed end in. Uh, go on, Sean. Sorry, it just it was um, just for the two boys for Magoo and Jerry because the view they had it. I didn't have the well, I had a good view of it, but it looked onside to me from where I was. The second goal, but I wonder is the linesman caught by the the early cross coming in from Rooney that it's crossed from so deep that it's lazy officiating in terms of where behind the play I, where, he's, where he's not expecting the cross to come that soon himself and I don't think he was that far behind in fairness in my opinion um, I, no, I, wasn't, I wasn't even annoyed at the time about the outside because I, I, that it was the fact like the ball was coming across his body and he, I, he I definitely could, I couldn't there. see the handball definitely from where I was sitting it was gone well, well, the linesman could not but see it right in my opinion yeah, yeah. I say it was I say it was caught out by the fact that he hasn't a clue what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I thought about. Yeah, I honest to God, stop it, Eastfield. I swear to God, like if if the game was going on and the ball came over and hit him in the side of the face, he'd probably look around wondering what it was. Like, <laughs> I haven't a clue, have him? Oh, absolutely stooges. Oh. It's it seemed like a really poor decision, like all around. You yeah. know, like at the time we weren't calling offside. It was again. Oh order, yeah, it, would... from what we seen, it was like my God, he nearly but called. But definitely oh. from from where I from my position anyway, you could definitely see something had gone weird because the way the ball bounces up, yeah, it's not oh, like yeah, it's a, 
it's not like it's a bounce off a off your off a leg. It kind of oh, flicks up in the air. And even even Blaney starts stop with it then. People were screaming, he was punching the ball in the square and everything like sure. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really, really poor. Really poor. There's no way you could not see it like. But even and to touch on again, Jerry, just what you were saying with the with the boy showing the character that did, and it was it was huge character shown throughout that game. But one thing I was was the patience. Yeah, they stuck to what they were told to do, and they kept probing and they kept doing. Like I, I know there's so, a few, so Sean, what there's a few fans getting unsettled, but what 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 was the play like in the last ten minutes? Like were 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 we seeing those balls that were kind of. Going over the midfield head, were they trying to play balls in for no. Fitzgerald in, in behind? Or it wasn't in behind. It was look. It was short passing in between. So it was. We were working it out wide. We were looking for that cross into the box. We were looking to play for get a corner or you know get something get something into the box and cause an issue. But yeah. it wasn't he frantic. Switched, no, he switched. He switched Fitzgerald over to the to the left of O'Sullivan on, and the two of them just hugged the touch lines. Yeah, get around the outside, around the back, and. Maybe get an overlap from either Banks or Kirk. Yeah, and it was it ha- did happen a few times. A few, a few yeah. balls were flashed across the box. Like O'Sullivan probably should have buried one in the back post. Yeah, but there was a few. It wasn't just hitting. It wasn't like. hectic. Yeah, it wasn't hail marys just flying stuff into the box. Uh, you know, for fun. But it was patient build up. Like we got a we got a reward in the end. We deserved a lot more. We shouldn't have even come to that to that yeah. stage. Really, we were we were robbed with two goals. Yeah. You know, there's there one thing Magoo mentioned there just about uh, Kina, um, and I thought he I thought he had a very good game as well. Um, not everything came off for him, but he was trying really, really hard, and you know he wasn't just doing the obvious things, and you know he was trying to take players on in in and around the box. I thought he had a great game, but I seen a lot of people who were criticizing him. I I, I don't understand that to be honest. I think Jerry. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think people just if a striker doesn't score, I think they just criticize. They don't actually look at his all round play and what he's brought to the team because yeah. if you watch that game back, there's no way you could say Hayden Kane had a bad game. Yeah, I, I, I can't that. even I can't even remember a misplace in the past, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, and, and a lot of times they were they were a little one touch, cushioned yeah. off passes, yeah. round the corner balls and setting the play going. Like I thought he I thought he was excellent. Like there was yeah, a one there was one stage in the second half there where he nearly does a repeat of the Finn Harps goal. Where yeah. he takes that touch and swivels the defender, and he unleashes an absolute venomous shot, and it, a, def- a defender gets in the way of it. And if the defender doesn't get there, that's top corner all day long. Like he no, he was excellent throughout the game. He dropped deep yeah. when he needed to drop deep. He stayed high when he needed to stay high. Again, as he does, he nearly always gives a perfect number nine performance, a lone striker's performance. He does everything you need to do. Okay, yeah, we'll, he, has, uh... he has all the. He has all the tools in the shed there to play that on his own, like and do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I thought he was very good. Yeah, right. Yeah, everybody was very good in Paris. Yeah, uh, we got the shots in the shed. End. Weird that he was. But as you said, we think sometimes when you don't score. But anyways, right. I'm. I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to get the shots in the shed end. In. Go for Connor. What's the story of them shots? Uh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> 0858159767 get your shouts in after the Shams game uh, you can just send us a short voice note uh, and uh, we'll play them out or you can get them into podcast at borst.ie uh, and this week we've got Aaron from Oscommon we've got Donna Oates we've got Donald Kelly we've got Bart Bukowski uh, it's a full house so here we go
How are you lads? Uh, Donna Oates here. Uh, hope you don't mind me just sending in a wee message um, after the uh, the Drogheda United uh, game. Um, just obviously, I think credit where credit's due. I think the lads were absolutely fantastic on the night. Um, it's great to see uh, certainly a change on the night in terms of approach and and tempo and obviously one would one would assume uh, those conversations were had during the week uh, at training and and put into practice then on the on saturday night it was a very exciting game to watch um fantastic goals um probably said it to dunner on the way out at the gate you know even if the game had finished in a in a, a two-all draw i don't think there's anybody at sligo rovers you could have pointed the finger at in terms of um why we didn't win the game you know if if there was any uh any finger pointing to be done for me it was certainly whatever about the the, the penalty the the the, the draw the penalty i was too far away to, to make a call on it but um the, for the second goal um i felt certainly offside when the ball was played and obviously we rode our luck a bit in terms of that but as i say to to, to win the game in injury time um deservedly so because let's face it we battered them for for the whole second half as much as as well and all as we played uh first half as well so congratulations i think to everybody players management uh and the crowd the crowd were fantastic on the night as well um so i just wanted to say as i say credit where credit's due it's great to uh great to pick up three points um and uh on to friday night and hopefully a, a similar ding dong against the the, the the old rivals as they say um just a bit of a shout out if you don't mind to uh strand celtic 50th anniversary celebrations continuing on saturday night with a game versus sligo rovers out in uh, strand hill be great if you could just mention that and um i know tickets are only a fiver and it's really just about fundraising for strand celtic more so than anything else but if you could mention that i'd really appreciate it thanks guys all the best well lads aaron from us coming here what a win Great way to win it. Um, I was disappointed that we blew kind of a tuna lead, but it was great to just win it in the last few minutes. Um, I thought David Colley obviously was the deservingly man of the match, but Will Fitzgerald was definitely a close second. I just thought he never stopped running, was always positive, just went at the full back all the time, got some decent balls into the box. Um, same with Carla Sullivan when he came on. Got a lot of balls into the box and attacked the full backs. Um, I actually have to praise uh, Liam Buckley for once with his substitutions. Um, usually I was, I'm was i always very critical of him when it comes to the substitutions, but I thought he got his substitutions spot on the other night. He really went for the game, uh, bringing on Hamilton and Sullivan and even taking Moran off, which, you know, even though Moran I thought was having a good game, it was the right decision to do, you know, because we'd nothing to lose at that stage and um, trying to get the winner, especially with Rod being down to 10 men. Um, Tokina was very good, showed good movement as well. He was unlucky not to get a goal himself, I thought, over the course of the match. But um, look, it's just a great three points and it's six points then from two games that we expected to kind of win and that we should be beating those kind of teams. Um, on to Shams now and hopefully another three points and up the Rovers. Hi, this is Bart from Carney. This is a shout from the Shedhead on the Drawheda game. What a drama. Full drama on Saturday night in the showgrounds. Um, great start. Listen, going against the team 
going 2-0 up uh, after three minutes against a team that we've beaten without breaking sweat a few weeks earlier, uh, playing at home, you probably would expect a comfortable win. Now, that wasn't the case, unfortunately, so I'm sure everyone, including the lads, uh, are disappointed about conceding those two goals. Uh, the first one, the first goal for Drojera, the, the penalty, um, that didn't look a penalty to me. Um, I thought McGinty was first to block the ball and the Drojera player just flipped over. That's basically from what I saw from my perspective. Now, probably McGinty could have done better, a little bit better with the first save, but uh, but anyway, I think it was first and, and that didn't look like penalty to me. The second goal, it was the freak one. I couldn't really see it. Uh, some sort of confusion slash uh, ref error uh, regarding the, the, the offside. But uh, as I said, I'm sure uh, we could all uh, feel a little bit disappointment, disappointed about uh, letting Drojera go back to 2-2. But anyway, we pushed hard for that winner and, and we've managed that. So fair play to the lads. David Collin, man of the match for me. Fantastic two goals and, and, and great performance. Uh, not sure if this is going to be a turning point for us for the season. We've been ups, up and down this season. I think there is more up and down coming. But um, uh, listen, against Finn Harps, we had to uh, work really hard to get it, to get it three points. And, 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 we, and we did that. Um, against Drojera, we also had to work really hard to get the three points to score the winner and we managed that. So once again, for play to the lads. Shams on Friday, now they're flying at, flying at the moment, so definitely it will be very uh, difficult uh, game. But uh, And I think with the way the Shams are playing at the moment, I think the draw will be a good result for us. So um, on to Friday, after overs. This is Sean from America. That's what this team can do, is capable of doing. And uh, we should hope they can continue doing that more often. Uh, best game of the season so far. Uh, that was a full 90-minute performance. And uh, we didn't stick to just one way of playing. We used everything we had, you know, played around on, on the ground. We went long, out wide, down the middle. Use the the long throw in. I mean, for me, like I said, best game of this best game of the season so far. Uh, we've had sure we've had better performances in patches, but never a full 90 minute performance like that. Uh, best game of the season uh, for me. Uh, Nile was very good, and uh, I thought Will Fitzgerald was very very good. Uh, man of the match, David Colley. Uh, take even take away the goals take the goals away. He was immense. I mean he was all over the place I mean he was running channels creating space, you know setting the press uh, Getting back for tackles. I mean he was incredible and then you add in the goals and those finishes He was something else um, Big credit to uh, Liam Buckley he made changes um, In the starting He didn't let the players' heads drop. When uh, when they tied it back up, we kept playing, kept going all the way through to the end. He made quick changes uh, earlier than he normally does. He swapped up the, he inverted the wingers, which is something I like to see. That was that was nice. It seemed to work really well. And we swapped it back uh, later in the game. So all in all, for me, uh, 
I thought Liam Buckley did a really well job, really good job last uh, against Drada, and uh, hopefully he'll take it uh, going into Shams next week up the Rovers. Yes, lads. Donald Kelly here with Michelle from the Shed End after the Drada game. I thought it was a very good performance. Uh, start the game with a real tempo. David Coley getting the two early goals is fantastic. Uh, all the way across the pitch, I thought everybody had a great game in fairness to them. Um, a couple of lads that might have been struggling for a bit of form really put in a good shift and uh, couldn't fault anybody really. Uh, we, were given, we were given two goals, well, Drada were given two goals by the referee. Penalty kicked and it was never penalty kick in my opinion. And their second goal is an absolute farce. Uh, their attacker was at least a yard offside controlled the ball with his hand and neither the linesman nor the referee didn't see it. So if we were to drop points in that game, it would have been an absolute travesty. But we didn't. Showed massive character to come back and get the winner. And then a personal note for Gary Buckley. Absolute legend since he's come to the club. He had been struggling for form, but I think that goal really it meant something to him and it meant something to the rest of us as well. So fair play to you, Gary Buckley. And fair play to the rest of the lads for finding a bit of form after what was a bad out run. Uh, massive game again now on Friday night. Let's show Shams who the real Rovers are. Up the Rovers. Uh, yeah, as I said, the shirt from the shed end there, 0858159767. Just save the number to your phone and you can get your shouts in directly after the Shams game. Uh, or you can give us uh, some um, thoughts on anything else that's like a Rovers related. Um, okay, so uh, Donna oh, uh, Oates there. Um, he points out the change of tempo, which I suppose is, um, you know, going back to what he said the week before last, he said that there was no plan B. So I guess there's a sense of progression there. Um, would you agree? Or is that a fair kind of summation, Sean, of what's happened over the last number of weeks? Yeah, I would agree with Don and what he's saying there. He's definitely, I think he's alone there to the, the first half, especially in the way we set out to play in that um, as the boys already alluded to earlier on as well, is the tempo was at a much, much, much higher pace. Yeah, Donald start. Kelly mentions the tempo as well. Yeah, uh, you can see it. It's it's like the first few games of the season, basically. We start with that high intensity, that high press. Uh, you know, it's something I think that if we, you're not going to sustain it all season long, obviously, but, you know, if you can get it sporadically throughout the season, it's going to bode well for us. But, yeah, um, yeah no, no, it's... It, it was a massive improvement in the last few weeks. Bart Bukowski there, Jerry not getting too excited. He sees more peaks and troughs across the season. Uh, I suppose we'd all tend to agree with that as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with Bart there. Um, look, you just need to look at the next round of fixtures that are coming up. I think we play, what, Shams, Shells, Pats, then Shams again. Some sort of sequence like that. So, you know, it doesn't come much harder than that. So I definitely think that there will be, you know, peaks and troughs, uh, throughout the rest of the season. Um, I think one thing I'd say as well, you know, the, with Bart, like, you know, Bart is a, a passionate Sliger Rovers fan and it'd be great to have, I don't know how we get more Polish lads or foreign lads maybe supporting the club, uh, but it'd be great if they could, but uh, just a shout out to Pavel over in Cavan as well that goes to the majority of the home games and a lot of the away games as well. So, you know, it's great to have those lads on board as well. And they're really, you know, they bring a lot to the club. So fair play to the boys. Yeah, absolutely. Magoo, uh, Aaron from Oscommon says David Colley was rightfully a uh, man in the match, but he gives an honorable mention to Will Fitzgerald as well. Would you agree uh, Will had a, a yeah, decent performance? Yeah, I thought, 
I thought William was excellent. It's probably his best game for us, like, and he's played well since he's come. But I thought, um, his link up play, he's he's uh, on the right. You know, he he's he coming inside his link up. He was carrying the ball more as well, I suppose, coming inside, and it, it just it has to engage their defenders. Then, like, you know, instead of us being passive, passing in front of them, or you know, if he's on the left and he, he can't find a way around the outside, it just goes back away. He's just cutting inside, bouncing off Keane and taking it back, playing balls in behind. I thought he was excellent. Yeah. Uh, we did beer scorecast before the draw the United game, and we are giving away two cases of beer. Jerry, uh, we've got two winners. Are they coming from uh, different social streams? Um, no, actually, both of them are from Twitter this week. The oh, okay. winner, one of the winners last week was from Facebook. So, uh, as you say, Brian McCormick and, Bra- and Brendan Fitzsimon. So, case of beer to each of the lads. Uh, great stuff yeah so we'll be doing beer scorecast as well this friday ahead of the sean mcrovers game uh, across facebook and twitter just use the hashtag beer scorecast tag the white hag tag the trust uh, put in your prediction for uh, the scoreline ahead of the game and if you're correct room with a chance of winning okay uh, before we started recording we sat down and we spoke with Oshin morn who is one of the men behind the new sligo rovers a documentary that looks back on the 2012 season and here's our chat with Oshin. Okay we're joined by Oshin Morn, uh, one of the men behind uh, a new Sligo Rovers documentary. Uh, the documentary is called Sligo Rovers, it's called 2012 Sligo Rovers uh, FC documentary to give it its full title. Um, thanks for joining us Oshin. No problem at all Connor, thank you for having me on. Yeah it's great to have you on. Um, so uh, this is uh, a piece of work that kind of follows on from um, the Shine documentary that you released last year with uh, Michael Moore yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So um, give us a little bit of background about, um, about, about this. And just the other thing to say as well at the top is that we're recording this on uh, Tuesday evening, the 26th of April. This documentary will go live on YouTube on the Sligo Rovers YouTube channel uh, from around eight o'clock tomorrow morning. So this is perfect timing when you're listening to this. Most people will listen to this on Wednesday, the 27th. Uh, that's when it'll go live. So I guess uh, directly after listening to the podcast, you can go to YouTube and go to the Sligo Rovers channel and you'll find the documentary there. So give us a bit of background. Um, where did this come from? Uh, well, Shine finished up with Gavin Dykes lifting the cup in 94. And obviously there's there's a lot of history since then. So after we had released Shine, we got a really good feedback and we we're happy how kind of Rovers fans liked it and kind of started thinking about something else. And the, obviously the golden era there between about 2010 or 2005, as you're saying yourself, up to 2013, like that was the, that was the area to kind of look at. Now, I think myself, if you just say we won the cup in 2010, we won the cup 2011, we won the league 2012, won the cup ten. If you just keep going success, 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 it's actually quite, bo- you know, it can be quite boring for people. You want to find a bit of drama in it. So I remember coming up on the train uh, with, the Pats, with the Pats fans actually that morning coming up and it was a great build up. Like you could even see the Pats fans up in Connolly Station and the drum out and all this kind of thing. And, Got in, went to the match with my dad. Like, it was a great okay, like, it was a great occasion. Like there was great drama in the day. Like we didn't need to win that day, but you know that was the day to do it. That was the home game to do it. We had the RT cameras were up. 
we it was a full house as Raph, as Raph and Quigley say like it was unbelievable atmosphere and it wasn't that we ran away with it either like we won 3-2 it was a penalty in the last minute two minutes like there was great drama there and kind of hit on the idea of telling the story of the the golden era through what happened that day and kind of reflecting back like uh to to the lows of 2009 to winning the cups then winning the league so you know there's a bit of there's a bit of highs and lows in there like um the goal was to kind of try and tell a broader story but through that focused on that one day like um the look i tell you what we'll do we'll play a little clip here just to give people a little taste of um of what they can expect um so here's 60 seconds of audio from the documentary that first goal for me is probably one of the, the standout moments that I can remember as, as, as a player and probably the best moment I can remember as a player. And for many people, if they got the chance to play for play one match for, for Cyborgs, they come on for a minute, they'd say, Jesus, they, they live the dream, so to speak. But I don't think there's many players in, in any level of football who can say they did what Raf did. That's any Rovers fan just thinks about that moment where they win the league for Sligo Rovers. And Raf lived it and he couldn't have done it in any better way and I couldn't think of a better person to have done it either. Even as a, as a 10 year old walking into the showgrounds that day, I think you got a sense of how uh, monumental the day was going to be for the club. I mean, 35 years since they had last won it. I felt we'll, we'll win the league today. And with the fans, there were so many fans there. The place was packed, the atmosphere, the pitch was perfect, the weather was perfect, the cameras were there. It was, it was, I felt it was meant for us to win it that day. Okay, so there's some voices there that people will recognise. Uh, Raf, obviously, at the start. Um, he was kind of the, he was the focal point of the, the day, the way things turned out in the end. You've got some other voices there as well that people will recognise. But I think the one, uh, the one personality that stands out, certainly for me anyway, and I know um, when you did get speaking to him, that, you sent me a text uh, the day you had the interview lined up with uh, Quigley. And I suppose he was kind of elusive when he was with the club. Uh, he's kind of been elusive uh, since he's left the club. Uh, but he he's somebody that you spoke to and um, he, he's got very clear memories of the day. And the other thing about that day as well, I suppose, is... Uh, he he was one of the kind of one of the iconic images that came out of that day as well was was him after the the penalty. Um, so what was he like to speak to, him and what what memories did he have of of that day and his time with the club? I suppose. Ah, uh, he's a, he's a real character. He's his own man, really. You know, um, he came over he came over to the apartment. Now, I in fairness, I cancelled on him a few times, and he cancelled on me a few times, and he came over to the apartment, sat down, and. The man could speak. He could speak for Ireland. Like he, brilliant little tales, brilliant little stories. Like uh, we kind of range from. There's a fraction of it went into the documentary, but like we kind of range from him being over in England, him growing up playing, coming down to Sligo. Um, I think he really enjoyed his time in Sligo. I think he really enjoyed that match, and he he enjoyed speaking about it as well. Like and. I think he came across really well. He's 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 a proper character, like lovely fella to have to chat to. Yeah, um, Terry, what are your memories of that day of the the Pats game? Where where did you watch the game from? 
Yeah, so no, just talking about um about Quigley there. So my lasting uh, memory of him that day is uh, meeting him in uh, Fiddlers, and he was wearing a, a leopard print shirt. <laughs> yeah, I says to him, "Where the fuck are you going with that?" <laughs> <laughs> and he just gave me a look, so I just knew to to, to walk away. <laughs> He's his own man. He's definitely his own man, and that's uh, back in 2012. So, but um, yeah, look, it was such such a such a day. It was like probably one of the best days of my life, to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't be a crier, but I cried that day after the game. Uh, just the pure emotion and the roller coaster of the game. You know, going what two and a lot back to all, and I thought we, I thought we had blown it. Thought we blew, not only the game, but I thought we blew the league. I think if we hadn't won that day, I just think, I still think we we could have blown it, or we would have. And uh, then the penalty, such nerves. Uh, but fairness, look, I'd say the calmest man on the ground at the time was Quigley. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, where did you want? Were you on the railway end? Yeah, yeah, on the railway end, in the usual spot, standing at the back of the, the railway. Yeah. Um, I, was standing, you, I wasn't standing at the back back because if I stand at the back back, even on a day there's not too many, I don't get to see too much. <laughs> I kind of have to push me away to the front. Are you in any of the uh, the video of uh, any of the coverage of the match? Can you spot yourself? No, no, oh. no. Even when I push myself to the front, you still wouldn't see me. Like, uh, <laughs> what about you, Sean? Where were you? Uh, I'm in the main stand. I'm off the back of the main. I usual seat. So yeah. myself and the old fellow and a few of the lads were around us as well. So yeah. all of us. Uh, um, were you were you there as well, uh, Oshin? You were in the main stand? Yeah, I was in the main stand. I went, didn't watch the wee dad. Um, I, as I said, I came up on the train from Dublin for the day and went out that night afterwards. Like, uh, it was probably the first time I got into a, into a nightclub with a rover shirt on, to be honest with you that night. But yeah. uh, no, as Jesus, it was a great day altogether. Like, um, I kicked quickly taking that penalty and his little kind of love heart sign afterwards like it was a, it was a made it was a it was a sign to a mate of his that he was talking to the night before it was kind of a, a cue to him like but all right i got a, I got a piece of um got some artwork off barry masterson who does a lot of kind of league of ireland stuff he's well worth looking up i, I bought a few pieces off of myself but barry sent me on his uh his artwork and one of them was quigs with, with the two hands up and uh, just I couldn't. It was Dan Inventory hanging off. We're not sure. Don't quote me on that one. But no, like that. That's an that's an image there for the for the club. Like it's brilliant. Like um, yeah. There's about there's about ten years uh, or a decade or so of people trying to interpret it, what 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 Quigley was signalling. Like you know, he's in yeah, the Illuminati, no, he's, lads. He's he's member of the Illuminati. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, that's it, interesting. That's a nice little insight. Yeah, he, he said it was for his mate. Uh, he was chatting to I think his mate was in England or something that that was his thing and he was uh, yeah he said he was the, he was the calmest man on the ground he, he kind of talked about it for a few minutes all right and how he he picked out the he picked out his spot he knew he was, he was hitting it like he wasn't going to change in his mind like I wouldn't have the nerve for that now to be honest with you like not the ability but <laughs> <laughs> but even even the celebration sums him up though doesn't it you know to score basically a last minute winner to win the league. At home, in front of your uh, in front of your fans, he just throws up this little sign to his mate, where most players would run, sure to be off, to be nearly hopping into the crowd, and yeah. he was just 
it's where he just scored a, the fifth goal in a 5 nil drubbing a cove at home or something on a, on a standard Saturday night. Yeah, I think it is Venturi who's hanging off him uh, in the celebrations, yeah. kind of half rugby tackling him. Yeah, I suppose that's, that's what kind of makes Quigley though too. Quigley mm. probably wouldn't be the player he was without having that kind of psyche or mentality. Do you know what kind of way? Yeah. He was always kind of kind of off the cuff, just just a different type of player, like in different type of mentality. But like, I always got the impression from him that, yeah, like he, supremely talented, but football was never the most important thing on his mind. And that's probably why he was so calm. Like, look, at I'm, I'm not taken away from mm. um, that moment uh, and him taking the penalty, but like, you know, he, he took the ball. He, I, I've heard him speaking about it before and he, he obviously talks about it in the documentary. But he took the ball just as he said, Oshin. He, he knew he was going to score. Uh, he knew it was the perfect, uh, it was a perfect opportunity. And um, like he, he knew what the outcome was going to be. Like he just had that kind of, that's that, that incredible confidence. Like, you know. Well, he's in, that, he's in that stratosphere with Joey, isn't he? Where football is just fun to them. Just yeah. out, in the, out in the football pitch, it's just fun. It's enjoyable. They don't need to get too excited about it. They, just, they know how good they are and they just go out and enjoy every game. Like, yeah, and Doe speaks very highly of him as well. Like, you can see it. Like, he, I think he described it as Marcus's eyes in the back of his head. Like, they'd be moving while he'd be getting the ball because they knew he could do something with it. Like, there's not every player that can do that. Like, yeah. And it kind of took an injury as well for Quigley to get, to, to get into uh, the regular uh, number nine position, uh, our, our starting position anyway. Who, who was it, Jerry, that got injured? Danny North. Danny North, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I started off the season like uh, a house on fire. Um, remember the first game up against uh, Shells and 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 uh, Quiggs got sent off. Yeah, uh, we played two up front that night. That's right. Danny kind of took off. Uh, obviously, Quigley had a suspension to serve. Sat out a lot of the season. Then you know, second fiddle to Danny. Danny got injured, and then Quiggs came in. And um, I remember the game against Cork City, and I think where we. We're down two 0 and he got two goals or something that night quickly, and he just he just went on fire from there. Mm. Um, so Oshin, uh, it's obviously released on Wednesday, the twenty seventh of April, as you said. Um, how long has have you been working on the project? Uh, Jesus, we started last summer, so you could say nine nine ten months on it anyway. Like uh, between meeting up with people finding the story, doing the post, doing kind of edit on it. Yeah, 10, 10 months, easy. Like, and, there's some kind of long hours put in as well. Yeah, and obviously you're, you've got, you've got to do the day job as well at the same time. Um, uh, sometimes it's a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, do you, do, you, do you capture all the interviews with a kind of a, a narrative in your head or does the narrative become apparent uh, as you, when you're kind of cutting it, cutting it together, I suppose? No, actually, I kind of had a bit more of a plan this time. Like, the idea was to have had the match footage, and I kind of shared the match footage with uh, with the people before the interview. And I had a kind of couple of talking, main talking points so people could talk, you know, you'd have a comment, Sean, I'd have a comment, kind of move between you. And then I'd have a few uh, general questions about people's careers, like um, Liam Buckley, for example, like, uh, wanted to talk to him about, like, he went off and played on the continent and 
went from the League of Ireland playing the content, which is quite interesting. Like, I think there's, there's, I think the the League of Ireland is is full of little interesting stories and kind of, I don't know, not unique perspectives, but not far off it. Like, insofar as like Joey has played in two World Cups, very few people in this country who live here that have played in two World Cups. Like, oh, yeah. a very interesting character. Like, yeah. Um, like Raf, Raf. Uh, Played for his hometown club for Jesus, not far off twenty years. You know, he was up with Bowes for a while. And he was with Finn Harps, but he's been around the League of Ireland for twenty years. Like, there's the only other comparable person to that is probably Tony Fagan. Like, you know, there's there's good stories there. Like, I think, and I, th- I think it, it's not only Sligo Rovers. I think there's good stories in some of the other clubs as well. Like, it could be very interesting stuff. Yeah, other clubs have made something similar. Yeah. Um... So, um, without getting ahead of ourselves, what's, what, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think, there's, I think there's more interesting stories in Sligo. Like, there's one now that I don't, think, I don't know if it's for me to make or not, or, but the idea this, of the link between Sligo and Celtic, I find fascinating. I think, I think there's a very interesting thing there, especially with Johnny Kenny going over and Sean Fallon being there and you know, obviously years ago at this stage, but I think there's a, I think there's a great thing there, but it would, it would need a budget. It would need, it needs sponsor and stuff, but I think there's an interest. I think there's interesting stories in Sligo. Like, I think it's a good place. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know for me anyway, the, like the, one of the most interesting things about Sligo Rovers and League of Ireland football is the characters that come in from outside of town. And mm. like, I suppose when we started following Rovers, it was a very different world and um you know your exposure to um wherever it might be like a small town in the uk are the connections that players have that come into the club um you know like the, like if a player comes in i can't think of any off the top of my head now but they might have they might have played at a, a decent level uh, in their youth or they might have played with certain players like, in uh, their youth and it, like it creates all these yeah. kind of connections and like that was kind of the interesting thing for me about uh, Sligo Rovers that these people who were kind of coming in to, to play for the club journeymen more often than not like you know who were just looking for a couple of quid but ultimately it was you know it was kind of a melting pot of like all sorts of of unusual lads who were kind of just chasing a dream or chasing a dollar like, I don't know but it's just yeah like I'm, I'm I'm just trying to emphasize the point that there is any amount of and like I suppose that this that it's it's emphasized in the outdoor museum that that's in the showgrounds you know where you get these little vignettes of who these people are where they came from uh, how they ended up in Sligo and stuff like that like you know Jerry but the ones that, yeah. oh sorry no, you know, even if you look at the outdoor museum and, and go back through the history of the club, like we probably will be the, you know, one of the pioneers of, of bringing guys in from abroad and uh, that multiculturalism, you know, like you've got, I think like the likes of Dobrovich uh, would have been probably the first professional player in, in the League of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, you've got Albert Strack, you know, an Austrian international. Um, and like from very early in our, our history, we brought in guys from here, there, and everywhere, and integrated them into the local community, and had that professional element to the to the club, um, because we had to to have a team and to be competitive. So, I suppose we have a, a unique history, and just to Oshin as well, like um, you know, I'm sure, like you know, these 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 videos like shining that like 
you know, like they're a piece of art, really. I would see them as an, a form of oral history um, that are really, really important to the, to the fans. And it's just, just to like say thanks very much for, for bringing the, the history together and, and, and such a big project and something that will be there for forever and a day. Um, you know, our own kids look back at our own grandkids look back at it. It's, it's absolutely fabulous. And I don't think there's any other club that has uh, a history like us, but also people that put that history together and, and, and put it out there for the rest of us to enjoy. So just huge thanks to you, Ushin. Yeah, I think we'd all echo that. Uh, absolutely. Second, uh, spot on with everything Jerry just says there. Um, what's your standout moment from the documentary, Oshin? Ah, my, my standout moment. You know what? It, it, Raph's first goal, um, that celebration, that moment, of, that moment of madness, like that pure joy, like he, that's Raph of the Rover stuff right there. And thanks very much for the kind words, lads. That means a lot now, to be honest. And that was kind of the, the goal of myself and Michael was to kind of illustrate the, some of the history to people and make it accessible. Like, um, and our starting point was that Heritage Committee in the book that they released. And we just wanted to make it accessible. Very nice of what you said, like the sound. Happy with that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we wish you, uh, we wish you in the documentary um, every success. Um, no doubt it'll get a, um, it'll be received very well and it'll get massive um, viewing figures. And like that, I suppose it's something that people will turn to, not just tomorrow or next week or next month, but for the years and decades ahead. Um, so yeah, well, congratulations, Oshin. Uh, congratulations to you and to Michael, and um, fair play. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Connor. Thanks so much, lads. Thanks very much, Sean, for being in us. <laughs> thanks for having me on it. <laughs> <laughs> that was Oshin Morn, and uh, as we said, yeah, that documentary is out tomorrow morning. Sorry, not tomorrow morning on Wednesday morning. Uh, so if you're listening to this on Wednesday this morning. Um, or if you listen to it after Wednesday, just go to the Saga Rovers YouTube channel and you'll get it there. Uh, we will tweet it on our social streams as well, I guess. Uh, uh, well, well done, Toshin. Um, it's um, it's a brilliant. Uh, it's it's a, like it's a huge chunk of work for someone to take on, and um, it's really important, as Jerry kind of said during the interview. Okay, so what are we expecting on Friday night? Oh yeah, just to mention as well. Look at uh, Donna did earlier on in the shouts in the shed end. Uh, on Saturday evening, uh, Strand said they continue their 50th anniversary celebrations and they are playing Sligo Rovers out in Strand Hill at 8 o'clock, I think, and it's uh, Fiverr in, I think, as Donna said. So um, uh, Friday, before the big game against uh, Strand Celtic, uh, the warm-up against Shamrock Rovers on Friday evening. Magoo, what, what, what are you expecting? Uh, uh, okay. oh, it's hard to know, you know. Um, I think... Like it could suit us more, you know. I suppose this is your optimistic head on, like, but it could suit us more playing playing someone like Shams, who we just, who we'll be able to just sit in, be compact and tight, and try and hit them on the break, you know, try and frustrate them and stuff. But like they're flying, we're still a bit like I know we've won the last we won the last two games, but we were still like against harsh because because we've a lot of chances. Especially the last twenty minutes, we conceded two the other night, albeit uh, farcical goals. But like we still conceded two, like so. You just that will kind of have you a wee bit worried that we're probably not we're not at our peak. You'd probably be a slight bit worried going into it, but 
You know, I think on, on our day we show we're capable of uh, beating anyone. So hopefully we'll we'll be back to our top form on Friday night. And um, as long as you know, as long as we if, if we make it competitive and show them too much respect, get into them straight away and rattle them and get the crowd up and you know, as Jerry said earlier, like when everybody's working together, you know, it's like there's the twelfth man there, like so but the the, the the team will have to give us something right from the start to to get behind them for and I think uh, with the place rocking like easy to get a result, yeah. Uh, Jerry, are you expecting something similar to the game in the Brandywell sitting in and hoping to take them on the break? Yeah, just before I start there, um, I, I said Pavel over in Cavan. It's actually Gregor's. Oh, yeah. So, that's no, but like that's like Colin Magoo Paddy. You know, it's so stereotypical. Like what? Polish, <laughs> you know, Pavel, Ireland Paddy. You know, I kind of way, but it's actually Gregor's. So apology, Greg. Um, yeah, so I think it'll be a similar enough game to, to look. Um, it's a different type of game for us in that we're not the favourites, we're not expected to come out all guns blazing, it might suit us sitting in and trying to hit them on the break um, it could, hopefully, I'm looking for a game similar enough to when we when we bet them 2-1 when um, when Keeney scored I think we're going to need a, a couple of bits of magic, you know, when Keeney scored that free kick and Daryl uh, Daryl uh, Fordyce Four dice. Oh yeah, a beauty. Yeah. So, I I think I I I I'm confident enough. I think we I think we can take them. I think it'll the game will suit us. We'll sit in. We'll take her up. We'll try and hit them on the break. Try and take her opportunities. Maybe a couple of, like the last couple of games have really the lads have you know the players improved. The battle is there. The bite is there again. That's exactly what you need when you're going into these types of games. You need a bit of battle. You need a bit of bite. Hopefully we get that little bit of magic, and I, I think I think we I I I have a funny feeling we beat them. <laughs> oh, come on, Shans! Take us back down to Arthur Short. What do I think? I'd like I'd like to see us match them. So what? I'd like to see us go with a three-five-two. So I'd like to see us match them in that regard. I think bring in Pineacker with Blaney and Buckley as your three centre halves. Go with Kirk and Horgan as your wing backs. Bulger. Has, Buckley, has Buckley ever played three centre halves? Yeah, he has. He won a league doing it with Pats. Right, okay. No, he done it with us a couple of times there, a couple of seasons ago at the start. And it was a fucking disaster. Now with better players there. Better now, players now, yeah. But I, I like, to be honest with you, I know you want to see it. But you oh, it won't happen. Oh, it's not going to happen. No. <laughs> no but just... you, know what, you know what? You know what will happen, and he's a very, he's a very difficult decision. Is that? Yeah. You're more than likely, and you have to, to start with the three midfield: uh, Greg, Nile, and um, and McDonald. Oh. Yeah. So then, Callie. Yeah. What happens to Callie after the weekend? Like, I mean, after his 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 reeling the ear show there the other day. Like, <laughs> You know he can't be dropped like so. It's, it's there's a there's a there's a big team selection coming up like. Macaulay has formed scoring against Shams as well in the showgrounds too. So yeah, you know, he, he I know Bucky's not gonna be thinking that, but just. But no, he, 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 is, he is on form though. Like I thought he was, hmm. I thought he was excellent up in Finn Harps and he was excellent ten against uh, yeah. the other night. Like so. Yeah, but a lot, a lot of like, how, how long did he play the other night against Rada? Eighty minutes was it? Yeah. So. 
wasn't it? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, in around that, Jerry. So it was, yeah. it was Hamilton, I think, came on from, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it did actually. Hamilton did come on from. Um, I think it was actually 78 minutes. If something in my head saying 78. So, but look at it. Three, he'll have done three. He'll, he'll have a lot of minutes in the legs over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, but make this. no mistake about it. He's floating at the moment with the yeah, way he has, he has to start. Like, like only for. Only for the, the melee on the line up in Finharf, that was his goal as well. Like, so yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you can't be dropping him. So, what happens? Where, where, do, where does everyone play? How does everyone get in? Look, and I think probably hasn't been mentioned about him yet as well. He's he's given captain performances, so yeah. he's, he's standing up and been counted for as a captain, you know, and that's that's a huge thing as well, especially in a game like this against Shams. No more than up in Finharf's. You know, we touched on it before that. He set a tempo with the tackle. You, you know, you do need players like that in games like this, in big games like this. You know, yeah. I, nobody's expecting us to go out and beat Shams, but as Jerry already says, we have every chance of beating them. Yeah. So we have. Yeah. And as Magoo says, you know, if the fans and everything get behind them, you know, I think we can take it to them. They're not all conquering. I don't yeah. know. Should we show that in the away game? Yeah. It's just, we're not on our top form, I think. Yeah, we could be exploited. Right, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just staying on quality for for the minute there. Like, I suppose going back to what um, what uh, Ushing was saying in relation to Raf. You know, Raf has been at the club for here there on maybe twenty years. But if you look at, uh, you know, Cauley, Cauley's been at the club for for ten years. Like in this day and age, that's remarkable for any player to be at a club for that period of time. So, you know, if any player gets uh, what it means to the fans it's, it's David Cawley um, and like against Shams as well he he, he gets it more than any he'll leave, he'll leave everything out in the pitch absolutely everything so yeah. I'd have him in the team look he's one of my favourite players of all time to be honest with you um, and I, I'd have him in the, the team all day long especially against them I think as well Jerry, when you're looking at it if you go to the away game you, you could see where we lacked experience in that game Mm-hmm. So I think to have the, the like mentality, you mean, yeah, bit of cuteness, yeah, yeah. You know, just I think with Bulger and Cawley in the side at home, I, I think you need that in a game against these because look, they, these are excellent footballers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're coming up against a, a top class midfield, one of the best midfields you'll probably see in League of Ireland history. To be honest, if you know, I I hate giving them praise, but you have to praise them at certain times. And like you're talking about superstars here in League of Ireland terms, so you need experience, you need cuteness. You need every trick in the book against these, and we have the quality on top of that. So, I, I yeah, I think it has to be Cauley, Bulger, Morhan. Just that, for the, like the like McDonald is hard done by probably what. But that means you're only playing two, and you're playing Cauley number ten. Yeah, but that's that's the way he's going to play it, though, Miguel. He's going if he go, he's more than likely going to go that four two three one. Yeah, no, but I just think you know, in in, in a lot of big games, like away. He'd go to four three three, like you'd have the you'd have Nile Adam and Greg in. Mm. So that's why I just want thinking if he was doing that, where do you fit Collie in? It was was my because Collie has to start, like yeah. Unless he just drags Collie back a little bit from that ten, mm. just goes with the with the three boys up top. Then like, do you still go with the two wingers? Yeah, he he played both of them in in Tana. Yeah. Uh, were we are we the last team to take points off them? Shams have won their last five games. Uh, that game in Tana was the middle of March, I think, which would probably oh, bring yeah, us yeah. there thereabouts. Um, so 
they will be wary of us and they'll know what uh, they'll know of the threat that Keane poses, obviously, that I've seen it firsthand. They've won every game since us, yeah. Yeah. So um they will be I think they'll be a little bit wary of us as well, obviously. Ah yeah, definitely. Look, we've a decent enough record against them. Uh, outside uh outside Dublin probably have the best record against them, really. Yeah, you know, outside the tail. Yeah. Um yeah, look, we we, we on our day, there's no reason why we can't beat them. We've proven it, proved it time and time again. Um, Keane is due a performance as well. Well, he's due a goal or two as well. Keane? Keane, yeah. She's only, well, he hasn't scored in one or two games. No? Yeah, he's due a goal. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, what the fuck are you Keane? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the finger out, lad. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, no more. You're only, you're, only, you're only second or third top scorer in the league, but. Come on, fuck. Lamar and he'll enjoy playing against them as well. You know, yeah. he he got a lot of lo- he got a lot of um, joy. If you out don't of enjoy them. playing against them. You know, if you play in the league of Ireland, if you don't enjoy playing against them, you know. No, but I mean, in terms of his own his own play, Jerry. You know, like he got a lot of joy out of playing against Lopez oh, yeah, and yeah. Grace and that they could and Horde. They couldn't deal with him. Yeah. They didn't know what to, they didn't know whether to follow him when he was dropping deep or you know when he was spinning off them. He had them in all. He had them all over the place. So I think he'll he'll definitely be looking forward to it, and you have to start him up top, even if look Mata, even if he's fit, I think it's a game where you have to start Keane. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that absolutely, one hundred percent. I hope I hope like you know we I know he was um, he was saying Connor that Bart was saying that he we haven't turned the corner yet or whatever, um, and maybe not like we were alluding to maybe. We still don't look as solid, and we're not we're not back to our peak form yet. But I hope, mentality wise, we've turned the corner now after the last couple of results. Like, and if if we do happen to go a goal down or that, that the heads don't drop. Ah, that yeah. We keep, that we keep going, and and do you know what I mean? We, we don't just let them run all over us then, and we we just accept it because, like we were saying already, you know, if 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 you get the crowd with you and keep battling, like, you know, we've proven that we can we can mix it with the best the best teams. Like, so yeah, I hope now that the I suppose, with, as, as Sean was saying, with Greg and David and the team, anyway, there's things like that. I think the, the last night against Strahd is a big learning curve as well. You know, hang, not hanging on, but being patient and getting that last-minute winner. It's probably more important than going and winning that game, say, 3 or 4 nil. Yeah. Where the players will actually take more out of it getting that last-minute winner because you could even see it in them at full time. You know, the way they were embracing each other after or afterwards yeah. and going over to the fans and they took an awful lot from that. I'd say going off the recent form, that that would be them turning a the corner there. Yeah. To say we finally look, it's paid off the way we want to play. The, the timing of this game of Shamrock Rovers as well probably works well off the back of that win. You know that you're not going playing shells at home or, or UCD or whoever it might be, but it's it's a game that they can really build up to now. Yeah, I think I think it is one because no more than that, them building it up, Connor. It, the fans are going to build it up, yeah. and it's not built up in the ways if we went into those three home games, those three success, successive home games where we have to win that, we should be winning that, that should be handy, that should be handy and it's nearly an arrogance yeah. that wasn't needed where this one is kind of more anticipation and you know the bit of bite and you know excitement going into it. Yeah. And Sorry no, no I'm, tr- I'm trying to catch a fly that's in front of the screen I'm not, I'm not throwing thumps Shadow <laughs> boxing, he's shadow boxing Jack Byrne there. We know, we know it's, how it's this live, goal live on TV as well it's live on national TV, so um, that's a great platform for the players to show what they're about and what show what they're capable of as well. You know, it's not your 
three two and a half to three thousand people like you're gonna have over a hundred thousand people watching so you know it's a great uh, it's a great platform to yeah. probably go out and show what they're made of yeah um look there's two other things i wanted to touch on uh one of them quick chat about luke mcnicholas uh very quickly uh he is on loan in cliftonville at the moment they have uh they could win cliftonville could win the league uh this weekend they are playing glen torn if memory serves me correctly uh, and it has been, um, Keith O'Dwyer has written an article on the Sligo Rovers website about uh, Luke's season uh, since he's gone on loan. It's been incredible, uh, like 12 months from going to Harps where he didn't really get a game. He sat on the bench. Um, he came back to Rovers, uh, played European football against, against Half and Fjord, um, and then goes up to Belfast, wins the League Cup and is now on the cusp of potentially winning the league. So it's been an incredible season and it's been a great like I don't think we could have asked for a better, a better loan steal for him. Magoo, what do you think? Uh, no, yes, we great. It's like compared to him going to Harps and sitting on the bench not getting a sniff, like, and then the contrast, like it's all chalk and cheese with this loan spell. But um, I'm delighted for him. Like he's a, he's a he's a great lad. He's a lovely fella, and um, really quiet fella. Really, uh, nice young fella. Um, so he's just take it all in the stride, like, and uh, it's great. It's great for us too. Obviously, like this is massive experience for him. Like, yeah, couldn't get better experience than what he's getting at the minute. Yeah, so, it's great. For, it's great for him, but it's great for us too. Yeah, I think Magoo, like you know, you're saying like the experience. Um, like it's the last last like uh, Saturday is the last day of the season up there. Um. So as Connor, as you were saying, uh, Cliftonville are playing Glentorn and then Coleraine are playing Linfield. So Linfield are a point ahead uh, in the title race. So, you know, it's not often players get the chance to play in days and in games like that where there's so much pressure and so much, you know, hype and, and all that sort of thing, like that kind of stuff. That kind of, you know, you could go to a team and play and there might be mid-table and all that. But the experience that he's got up there in terms of title and winning the League Cup and all that's just totally invaluable for him as a player. And obviously, if he comes back to us, it's time for us too. Yeah. yeah. And as far as his mentality, it, like, yeah, that that experience that, you know, as you were saying, Jerry, that the game like this, but it'll be the whole week. It won't be just a game. Yeah. The build up now, everything gearing towards this and the, the hype. And you can't buy that. You, know, you can't buy that. No, no. It's massive. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to just mention was um, the women's team went down to Wexford uh, at the weekend and uh, by all accounts they played very well, um, but they were on the wrong side of a, a 2 0 win um, or two goals anyway from Wexford Utes. But uh, just to say this was Wexford are one of the top uh, teams in, uh, in the country, um, but uh, just to say well done to all the players and the coaching staff as well. A long trip down, Jared. Just on that as well, I seen uh, Wexford Youth put on a um, a lovely presentation uh, between the program and after the game for the for the players, um, and it was just one of the stats that was put up was that uh, Rovers are the most have the most points return of a team that's entered the league for the first season after X amount of games. Yeah, well, that's that says it all, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, so they're the most successful team in terms of points return. Um, of any team that's ever just entered the league. So that's a huge, and I think we spoke about it there a couple of weeks ago as well, 
that the strides they've made in such a short space of time is just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and their next game is, I think it's Saturday, away to Athlone Town. Um, so, yeah, best of luck in that game. Any other business before we wrap up? No. Nothing. No. Just bring one. Great to have you back, Magoo. Oh, thanks. Was I not here last week, no? Uh, you were here for a while, were you? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was surprised you weren't here last week after uh, we won against Harps. You should have been here. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Sick. Damn it. Oh, you were here. He after. was here. He was here. That's for sure. He said it himself. Sunshine supporter. Oh, yeah. In for the wins. Yeah. We, won't, we won't see you next week, so. Oh, look, I'd be here, boy. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, thanks for responding to the White Hag. And um, just to mention, yeah, the, the beer score cast will go out ahead of the game on Saturday or Friday evening. Sorry, Sean, you look tired, so we'll bid you adieu. Thanks very much for the compliment, <laughs> <laughs> Jerry. You're in the dark, so I don't know what you look like. There you Na- go, naked. Say no more. <laughs> You don't know why he looked like naked, or well. <laughs> this is going down a dodgy path. <laughs> um, Magoo, uh, we'll talk to you soon again, hopefully as well. Good luck. That's a wrap, lads. Thanks a million. Good luck. Thanks, we will never forget this day.